0: This episode of Pod Cemetery is brought to you by Harold and Edna Hockett's Crystal Lake Variety Store. Visit us for all your camping needs. We have camping equipment, a cafe, and groceries, including fresh, clean produce. And to out with the In and we're Come at the grand making a stand. The smell of death is on the And when the cold wind blows. No one cares, knows.
1: Hello, my name is Chris. My name is Kelsey.
0: And this is Pod Cemetery, where we dissect horror movies like the rotting corpses that they are. And it's Fatal Campouts Week on Pod Cemetery because... Kelsey, what is it coming up this Friday?
1: Friday the 13th.
0: Friday the 13th. So we're taking this as an opportunity to continue on with the Jason Voorhees franchise with Friday the 13th, part three in Roman numerals for no good reason, (laughs) especially since it's 3D from
1: 1982,
0: and Lake Bodum from 2016, a Finnish film about murders happening at a lake. Yes. Kelsey, before we get into our movies, how do we start the show? Horror trivia. Give me what you got.
1: What is the name of the camp in the first installment of Friday the 13th?
0: Um, Is it just Camp Crystal Lake?
1: Yes. I okay. was like, oh my God. <laughs> I, <laughs> I didn't know if it had some it. sort of
0: special name or whatever. All right, Kelsey. Richard Brooker plays Jason in Friday the 13th Part 2. Prior to this... What was Richard Brooker's profession? This is not a sort of trick question in any way. Stuntman? No, but good guess. We, We saw it so after whenever we watch these there are a couple of these like six hour documentaries on horror movie franchises that exist and I think it's called Crystal Lake Memories, Memories mm-hmm. uh, is the one for the Friday the 13th series and every time we watch a new installment we make sure we watch that segment of the documentary we've seen both of them like multiple times now so this is like probably our second or third watch through every single time and he told us what he did prior to this he was selected because he was tall and intimidating, not because he was necessarily bulky. So they had to uh, they had to put padding in his outfit as well, which you can totally make out when you watch the film. You can see where the padding stops on his forearm—not <laughs> his forearm, his uh, bicep.
1: <laughs> I do not know.
0: He was a trapeze artist.
1: Oh, really?
0: Yeah. That's funny. My background is actually circus. I spent most of my life as a flying trapeze artist in the circus. Well, that brings us right into our first film, 1982's Friday the 13th Part 3, directed by Steve Miner, written by Martin Kitrosser and Carol Watson, based on characters created by Victor Miller, Ron Kurz, and Sean S. Cunningham, who wasn't credited in the film for some reason, even though Victor Miller and Ron Kurz were... Hmm. Uh, starring Dana Kimmel, Tracy Savage, and Richard Brooker. This is Steve Miner's second film only. His first film was part two. He was a production manager on the original, and they gave him the opportunity to direct the second one, and then this was his second film, part three. His next movie after this? House.
1: The first House?
0: Yes, Uh uh-huh. The one we like. The one we like, yes. Uh, he also did um, Soul Man, you know, the blackface movie about C. Thomas Howell pretending to be black to get a scholarship to Harvard.
1: I do know that movie.
0: <laughs> he also directed the pilot in several season two episodes of The Wonder Years, which we've been rewatching lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, he directed Forever Young. He directed Lake Placid And Day of the Dead. Wow. And H2O. So we'll get to his installment in the Halloween franchise, too. Wow. In a couple years, I guess. Mm Mm-hmm. Dana Kimmel, who plays Chris in the movie, is Marcy Burke from Sweet 16. And if you don't remember which character Marcy Burke was, she was the sheriff's daughter. Kick ass one, you know, he had a daughter and a son who were curious about what was going on, Mm-hmm. yeah. So they
1: should have been like the main, the main characters, characters yeah, yeah, but they weren't. <laughs> that was her, that's so
0: funny, yeah. They this that film also had an ending similar to Halloween 4, which we just watched.
1: How did it end again?
0: So, spoilers for Sweet 16, you should go listen to our episode on that. But it turns out that the killer is really her mom, yes. But all of her friends were killed, and her mom did it, and she just sort of snapped at the end. And so everyone's like, hey, what's going on? And she turns around, and she's carrying a knife, and everyone freaks out, and the movie ends. Oh, so it's the ending of Happy Birthday to Me. No, it's the ending of Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers, which right, we just watched. Right, but in Halloween watched. 4, she actually killed Yes, mom. she does, but she snaps. So and-
1: that's why it's really... Oh, you're saying that she is crazy.
0: Yeah, that she goes crazy at the end and becomes, you know, holding a knife, being murderous. Oh. Yeah. So, anyway, Kelsey, what is Friday the 13th Part 3 about?
1: Well, actually, it's about Saturday the 14th.
0: You would think so, but it isn't.
1: What are you talking about?
0: I wrote down this movie takes place on Saturday the 14th because it's just a thing that people know. It's even in the... Crystal Lake memories. The day after the events in part two. So it's technically Saturday the 14th, but don't tell anyone. But here's the problem. Ginny from the previous installment was attacked on Friday the 13th. -hmm. She was rescued the next morning.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Which is the day that they came.
0: Which is the 14th. Right. Then there is a news report about the young woman who was attacked which had to come after she was rescued on the 14th.
1: So it's Sunday the
0: 15th? Yes. So the couple, Harold and Edna, who are watching, who who have the TV, and Edna is listening to the report, their death happens on the 14th. And then when they get picked up and put in body bags the next morning that the Scooby gang sees as they drive into the, the lake, that's the 15th. Ah. So, yeah, no, it's not the 14th. It's the 15th. Mm. but they still call it Friday the 13th.
1: Yeah, they sure do. <laughs> so it's about a group of kids who are going camping, and this girl has this bizarre history with Crystal Lake that will make zero sense.
0: And it's never explained.
1: No. The rest of the, her friends are just fodder for Jason. It's it's just another Jason slasher. It is
0: just another Jason slasher, I will say.
1: However. It's, yes. It is the one where he gets the mask.
0: It is the one where he, there are there's some pretty iconic and kick ass stuff in this movie. I gotta say, but it is just more of the same. Mm-hmm. However, that doesn't take into account that the franchise goes really downhill as it keeps going. How so dare we, you? So we would be thankful for more of the same
1: because the next one. Is great. I'm not
0: talking about the next one. I'm just saying the further you go, (laughs) it just starts going down. Also, it's the one that takes place in 3D, which I would kill to see this in actual 3D, like in a theater. I would love to. I think that that would be amazing. They were playing it in a couple different places, right? Can we
1: watch it in VR?
0: If it's available, I don't know if it's actually available in 3D. Mm. Aren't a couple, like a couple of theaters used to play it, Mm -hmm. but now they don't anymore or something like that. So. It'd be really cool if we had the opportunity to do that. This is what started or I guess restarted the 3D craze in horror movies because this was actually a pretty big success.
1: And it totally stole its ideas from House of Wax.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) All the yeah, there's some blatant like, ah, 3D. (laughs) Yeah. But it was very successful, it made back all of its budget, including costs that were required to equip theaters with the 3D technology. By its first matinee, it knocked E.T. from the number one box office spot, and other than Poltergeist, it was the highest grossing horror film of 1982, uh, so it was actually very, very, very successful for its time and for what it was. And it restarted that sort of 3D craze with movies like Jaws 3D, Amityville 3D, other such movies like that. So if it, it also contributes that to the horror zeitgeist. And so even though it's more of the same, it's pretty important, actually. In a lot of ways. With that in mind, you can rent it for as little as $3 on most services or $4 on iTunes. You can buy it for $8 on Google Play or YouTube, $10 on most other services. Should people watch Friday the 13th, part three?
1: I think as a horror fan, you kind of have to because it's where Jason gets his mask, especially if you're an American horror fan. Like, it's just, it's really important to the the world of horror i guess but other than that there's really no reason to there's nothing special really about this movie the ending is a little fun cuz it's a play on the on the first one but then again it is just the first one i mean we literally have a replica death
0: yes so and that reference back to the first one doesn't make any sense and I'll explain why when we get there. I would say yes. If you're interested in... I mean, you would have already seen the first two. And so you know if you want to keep watching. Um, so
1: And you gotta get to four.
0: <laughs> because it has... What's his face in it?
1: Because it's great. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Remember
0: in the second one where she fooled him into thinking she was his mom? Yeah. <laughs> Well, what if a person could fool him into thinking that they're him?
1: <laughs>
0: That's in four, right?
1: Yes, and okay. it's amazing.
0: <laughs> but anyway, yeah, yeah. I think you have... By the way, you just spoiled the ending. No, oh, come on. <laughs> Whatever. But yeah, you've seen the first and the second one. In which case, you should have an idea of whether or not you want to see more of that. If you do... You should see this. It's more of that. If you haven't seen one or two, what are you doing here right now? (laughs) Go watch those first. (laughs) You know, like we have episodes on those as well. Uh, But you could take our advice or leave it. When we get back, we will talk about 1982's Friday the 13th, Part 3. Friday the 13th, Part 3 in Super 3D. The all-new process that puts you in the picture. (laughs) Whether you want to be there or not, it will scare you. Count on it. Friday the 13th, Part 3 in Super 3D. Ring it R. Now playing in Sacramento. Check newspapers for theaters and showtime. All right, Kelsey, get us started. How does Part 3 begin?
1: We, we get to relive the ending of the last film.
0: Why? Why?
1: In case you forgot. <laughs>
0: But I wonder, like, if you didn't see the last movie, do you think that somebody who did not see part two would be less confused seeing this opening or more confused? Remember, all they get is her seeing a head in a sweater, putting it on and then shouting at Jason to listen to mommy.
1: I guess what you're saying is right, but as as a viewer, I appreciated it. I was like, oh, cool. I'm being reminded of what happened. But,
0: like, what's the point? It doesn't contribute to the end at all.
1: It just helps me remember where it went. Okay. I liked it.
0: <laughs> it. Yeah, you basically get, like, the last five minutes or so of the previous film.
1: Plus, you get to see Jason... Mother is talking to you, and that's a lot of fun. It is a
0: lot of fun. So they managed to get...
1: Mama Voorhees. Yeah,
0: tw- a th- for a third time. Yeah, Because they got her for the last one just to give some lines in front of a black screen. It's all she had to do. She was like, fuck it, why not? <laughs> and and she did it. Uh, they were going to have the head's eyes open up, we talked about in the last episode, but they end up cutting like the frame before that happens. And we get all of that just all over again. And then what happens, Kelsey.
1: We are attacked by the 3D credits.
0: Attacked by the 3D
1: credits. (laughs) Yes, uh, I tried to get all the 3D stuff. I probably didn't get everything, but I got a lot of it.
0: No, there's tons of stuff.
1: Oh, and we're also attacked by the terrible music.
0: Kelsey Kelsey. Kelsey says terrible, but apparently it was very popular. It was the... Disco themed Friday the 13th Yes In like, what, 1983?
1: 1982 yeah. Okay, I guess I guess disco was still kind of around It
0: existed, it's not like they, There was a moratorium on it or anything <laughs> I wrote down, ah, I'm being Attacked by the credits
1: <laughs> There's a stick That comes out at the audience
0: yeah, so the guy, he knocks down the pole holding up the the laundry outside, and he has to put it back, and when he's lining it up with the clothesline, oh, he yeah. points the other end at the camera just very blatantly, and that's like one of the first big 3D effects after the credits.
1: And apparently that was really difficult to do with the way the 3D camera worked. They said that it was really hard to make sure that every single thing went directly into the camera, Which I found fascinating because...
0: Well, like when you're throwing things at it, that's hard.
1: Right. But they full-on wanted to do... They wanted to do the paddle ball, which they did in in House of Wax. House of Wax, uh they But they said that they couldn't get it to go directly into the camera, so I'm curious... Well, he said
0: the same thing that happened with that. Yeah, it kind of goes off to the side. To get it to go right towards the camera would be very difficult.
1: But so I'm curious as to how they did it for House of Wax...
0: Well, that guy's a fucking professional. Like, it's what he did. And, uh, I mean, you saw the performance that he put on. And if you watch, that doesn't go straight towards the camera every time either. He hits it a couple of times and then he's like, landed in the popcorn or whatever. (laughs) In House of Wax. So, you know, he had a couple of tries to do that. But every previous try was it was going off to the side.
1: Hmm. So, yeah, we meet this woman and her husband, Harold, and her husband, Harold, is just this total slob doofus who Mm. runs the general store, and she is this nagging housewife, but Jason is watching, and the weird thing about Jason in this movie, not that, like, oh, he's waiting for a good time to kill... But, like, sometimes he'll just, like, watch for a long time that's unnecessary.
0: Yeah. Well, he also changes here. What do you mean? He changes his clothes here. Does he? Yeah.
1: What's he change from?
0: I don't remember.
1: Oh, he he's had, like, wearing the overalls. The overalls and- and- yeah, uh-huh. And then he changes into...
0: It's this weird sort of, like, almost denim button-up long-sleeve shirt that he's wearing with jeans.
1: Right. So they kind of turned him from a lumbering child Uh with a bag on his head. Well,
0: and a backwoods hick.
1: To an adult man. Yeah, uh uh-huh. But with a much more deformed, I I don't know much more deformed. I wouldn't say much more. But still, I just feel like there's a lot of times where I guess maybe they're trying to build tension. But It feels like Jason's just kind of hanging out. Yeah. Watching people a lot.
0: We stick with... Harold and Edna for a while, mm-hmm. just watching them almost sort of get killed. Ah, oh, there's a snake because he finds his rabbit out in the store that they have their convenience store he brings it into the barn where the cage is finds that the cage is full of dead rabbits and it's like oh man who would do this and you think oh my god did jason just kill some rabbits and then nope there's a snake inside that (sighs) cage and it just comes right out at him (laughs) and it holds just a little too long so you see the snake spring and stop there for a couple of frames yep
1: (laughs) yep We also see a rat crawl out at the audience. Which leads, eventually, finally, to her death.
0: Edna's death, yeah.
1: Yes. He kills Harold with a butcher's knife. Yeah. I don't even... I mean, he he starts to use the machete here, but, like, not for every kill.
0: Right. I mean, kind of like Michael Myers, where he has the butcher knife. Like, that's his iconic thing. But he doesn't use it for everything. That's true. That's true. But, yeah, he gets... Uh, He gets him like in the back or the chest or something like that with a butcher knife. And he kills Edna with uh, her knitting needle, which when she went outside, she comes back and she's like, where's that other needle? So Jason, I guess, tiptoed inside, giggled a little bit to himself, (laughs) and then stole her knitting needle, only to kill her with it later by jamming it through the back of her head. And it comes out her mouth towards the camera.
1: Yeah, let's remember that this level of theatricality is going to be the same Jason who decides to kill a woman by picking her up in her sleeping bag and thr- thrusting yeah. her at a tree
0: uh, just like swinging her around and hitting her into a tree
1: same murderer let's let's keep that in mind we we are also attacked by a baseball bat from a kid playing baseball in the street yep and we get to meet our big group of kids. Now, there is no way I am going to remember all of their names.
0: Okay, let's try it.
1: <laughs> are you at what? You want, what, you want I, me to- I
0: want to know what your thoughts are.
1: The main chick, the main girl who has this bizarre backstory with Jason that makes Chris. no sense.
0: Yes, this is Chris. This is Dana Kimmel from Sweet 16.
1: It's the only way that they could make them have any sort of relationship with Jason. And I'm like, you didn't need to give them a relationship. No, not at all. They could have just gone up there to stay the weekend. So we'll find out
0: later that she hasn't been there at this cabin that her family has in two years. Because she went out late one night, stayed out too late. Her parents yelled at her and she thought, I'm just going to run away to show them. And so she runs away into the woods and hides. And she thinks her dad is coming to look for her, and she's also going, hee, hee, hee. Nope, it's Jason, and he attacks her and drags her away. She passes out, and then there is no explanation as to how she survived. None. There's a little bit of a hint that she was raped. Yes. And apparently that was explicitly in the script, and they took it out. Because... Wonder of Wonders, because what's the one character you take from movie to movie in a franchise like this? The villain. We can't hate him too much. We can't make him a rapist. So they took out that.
1: They do it to Michael. They make Michael a rapist. Freddy's a rapist. <laughs>
0: No, see, they took that out too. He was a child molester. They changed it to child murderer because uh, they thought that Not according
1: kids. to the 2010 version. Yeah, well, they tried
0: to f- quote unquote fix that. But so, you know, it's the problem with a lot of these franchises, which we've talked about in the past, is that it becomes a story about the villain. And so you need to kind of make him, make people root for the villain. And I like that this is still one where you're not rooting for Jason yet. But I think they knew where they were going with this, and, and you had to at least be a little bit into Jason by this point. Mm-hmm. So they didn't want to make him an out-and-out rapist. But then we're left with this weird hole where he grabs a girl, she passes out, and then nothing is explained after that. Nothing. That was two years ago. And so she was afraid of going back, and now she's finally coming back.
1: None of this is necessary.
0: Nope, none of it.
1: Cut all of that out. Yep. Just make it a group of kids going up there to stay for the weekend, Uh and nothing changes. Yep. Stupid. It's
0: for one thing to pay off, was when she sees his face later, she's going to go, you! And that is it. That That is is it. That is the only payoff you get Mm -hmm. from that long-ass, unnecessary, and confusing setup. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. We
1: also get to meet... The Joker? Shelly. Shelly.
0: Who has zero self-esteem.
1: Yes. He plays bizarre tricks that are on the cusp of very creepy. If I met this person, I, if I came out and you told me the guy wearing that mask was supposed to be my date for the weekend, I'd be like, uh, nope, sorry, out, done. Because there's no way I would hang out. I I, Like, a person who wants to meet me wearing a creepy-ass mask? What else am I supposed to think? Why would they
0: even bother to establish that as a blind date anyway? Why not just come? Yeah. Why does it need to be a date? Right? They take the whole Terror Train path on this one, because he's basically the first guy that dies in Terror Train, where he gets the iconic Terror Train mask, is also... Two years later, when this movie comes out, how Jason gets his iconic mask Mm -hmm. from this guy.
1: That's true. That's true. Good point. We also get to meet the stoners.
0: Chili and.
1: And isn't the guy like way older than all of them? Doesn't he
0: seem like he is? He
1: seems way older than everyone else.
0: I don't know the other girl's name.
1: We also meet the couple, the very happy sexual couple who's apparently pregnant.
0: Yeah, Debbie and Andy.
1: Why is that in there?
0: Because they wanted it to be a bigger deal when she dies.
1: Except that you forget that she's pregnant. They uh, mentioned it like twice in uh, the very beginning in the van.
0: There's Rick who they end up meeting up there. I guess he lives out there or something like that.
1: And she hasn't seen him in the two years since she's been gone, uh-huh. but they're boyfriend and girlfriend, and he's been kind waiting of. for
0: her. I think he's been waiting for her to come back because they're both really into each other, and they're going to use this as an opportunity to catch up, you know, quote unquote.
1: There's also, I guess, supposed to be a funny scene where they think the cops are coming after them, so they like eat all their grass, which I guess is supposed to be funny, but then later they have plenty of grass. Yes.
0: Uh-huh. By the way, Chili is the girl. Chuck is the guy, I think.
1: Shelley and Chuck.
0: Yeah, I think it doesn't matter. We're just going to call them the Stoners. (laughs) And Vera is the last one who they end up picking up. Her mom says she's not going.
1: Oh, Vera, the one who's the date. The
0: date, yes, yeah, for Shelley. Shelley.
1: As they're driving, they see the ambulance, but of course, they keep going. They meet their version of the what? What's he called? The Herald. The one that you're doomed. Yeah, the Herald.
0: H e r a l d. Herald, not H a r o l d. Like that's his name.
1: But what do they call him in the in Cabin in the Woods? Isn't he
0: called the, the Herald? Harbinger? The Harbinger. That's it.
1: The Harbinger. You're
0: right. I'm thinking. I'm thinking of the Silver Surfer, who is Galactus's Herald. He goes to the planets ahead of time, saying Galactus is coming. Get your shit together.
1: Okay. (laughs) That's what I was
0: thinking. Not Harold, but Harbinger.
1: The Harbinger. Yeah. And he will, like, thrust an, an eye out at the audience, but it doesn't look like an eye.
0: Yeah, it's very obvious. I would have rather that they had gone with a prop eye. It's obvious that they bought a real eye from an animal of some sort. And then they wiggle it in front of the camera, and it's like, well, now I know it's not a human's, right? But I guess just by nature of it being real and gross and it being in your face because it's 3D, that they just didn't fucking bother.
1: Mm-hmm. But of course, they they keep going and they go they even go over a rickety bridge. Uh-huh. Which will come back in. It will come play. back. Everybody's having fun. Oh, they're skinny dipping. Shelly's too embarrassed to go. The couple has to stay in the hammock, which will lead to hammock sex later. Uh
0: huh. And hammock death. Yes. Which is a callback to the first movie.
1: Is it? Somebody dies in a hammock?
0: No, but how she dies in the oh, hammock is yes. the Kevin Bacon death from the first movie.
1: Yes. There is a barn.
0: With no horses, but lots of hay.
1: Yeah, because the dad always says he's going to buy a horse, and then he doesn't. It's
0: so weird to me that they went through that effort to, like, explain that.
1: Yes. They wanted to have a barn, but they didn't want to have any horses. Uh-huh. <laughs> And then Shelly will play another prank, because he doesn't know what else to do to get any attention, and he pretends to be...
0: Killed.
1: Yes, with a like a ha- an axe in the head. In his,
0: in his head, yeah.
1: So he pretends to be dead, and everybody's like, what the fuck?
0: Everyone's super pissed at him.
1: Yeah, I would be, exactly, like, I don't want to hang out with this person, because he's creepy.
0: I wouldn't mind pranks. The problem is, is I did something that was believable, that distressed you, and now I'm laughing at you for you believing it. Like, would you rather if I found you dead that I not be upset? Like, what's the joke here? Exactly. It's just fucking with people. It's just harming people emotionally. Mm-hmm. Like, not cool, dude. Do, so- do other pranks. Mm-hmm. Something somebody will laugh at.
1: But so that's when Vera goes to Rick who she's never met before and says, "Can I borrow your car? I need he's to get like, out yeah, of here." Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, he yeah, gives her his keys. And as she's driving away, Shelly comes running out and says, "I need to get out of here too." And she takes him along with her.
0: She starts to drive away and then she stops and he gets in.
1: And when they go there, they get accosted by this motorcycle. Gang, I guess.
0: Do you remember their names, Kelsey?
1: Fox, because she has a fox tail and she's pretty. Ali.
0: Ali, who's the head of the gang.
1: Who will play a vital role. A
0: vital role (laughs) for like five seconds. Out of nowhere. Yeah. And? Snake? Loco.
1: Loco. Loco. Because I'm Loco.
0: Go. You don't want to mess with me. I'm a loco. What is that from? I can't remember. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Cause I'm a loco. What is that? I don't know. Is that Ben Stiller? Maybe. <laughs> That's Ben Stiller from something. <laughs> I don't remember which. Fuck. Okay. Anyway. Are
1: you trying to get crazy with us? Eh? Don't you know I'm loco? And there's this whole debacle. Ali punches out the window and the windshield after Shelly reverses and hits their bikes on accident.
0: Uh And then they get away. And then Shelly turns around just to run over the motorcycles. Mm-hmm. Not good enough, by the way, <laughs> like because they were fine to ride them later. And yeah. Ollie's like, I'll get you back. Yes,
1: yes. You son of a
0: bitch! Come back here, you bastard! You getting away
1: with this! God damn it! I'm gonna get you! And it's just a way to bring more fodder for Jason. That's yeah. all mm-hmm. this is. Just more deaths.
0: That was supposed to be even longer, according to the actor who played Shelly, Larry Zerner. Um, But they didn't end up filming it. There was going to be a chase scene and he was going to like throw stuff at them at their motorcycle and it was going to go towards the camera for a 3D effect. Yeah, but they never filmed it.
1: Back at the camp, we get another scare with the yo-yo. Oh,
0: God. This is the one I'm talking about. It's like that and the crossbow, not the crossbow, the spear gun. Are the two things that I think about when I think about the 3D effects in this movie? I don't think about the eyeball. I don't think about the snake. I don't think about that pole in the beginning. I think about this yo-yo and the spear gun coming up later, which is especially weird because he actually does smack her in the face with it. Yeah, and then and she later says, she's like, well, "That was you're, close." Yeah, that was close.
1: Yeah, going to hit me right he after it hits did her. hit you. It's weird. <laughs> it's really weird. Bad
0: editing, maybe.
1: I guess. And when they get there with their banged up car, remember that belongs to Rick, a person they've never met. Uh huh. They get out of the car and don't bother to explain anything. Yep. And they just say sorry.
0: Yeah. <laughs> My poor car. What did you do to it? Um. Yeah. Well, it. We're real sorry, you know, but it wasn't our fault. A few minor repairs. It'll be good as new.
1: That's it I've had it I mean I thought it would
0: be A good idea for us To spend some time together But there's a little more Than I bargained for What? And so Rick's like You know what? Fuck this And fuck your friends I am out of here Yeah And this is when Chris is like No you can't go And they have a long talk And she explains What happened to her
1: And then again We're told that Jason is watching them From the barn Which again I'm like I. This isn't the best way To build tension No
0: but you get the cheeky mama stuff.
1: Maybe. I didn't even write it down if you did. So the the motorcycle gang shows up. Yep. And their plan is to burn down their barn. Oh
0: my god. It's really fucked up. They're gonna siphon the gas from the van, which is their transportation.
1: Which will become important.
0: Uh-huh. Well. And then not important (laughs) later. and then not
1: important. Which I
0: kind of loved, honestly. And then use that gasoline to set the barn on fire. And they're being completely obvious about it, too. They're making all sorts of noise. They're swinging from the barn attic uh, hoist there. Which,
1: oh my god, dangerous.
0: Yeah, uh uh-huh.
1: You don't know if that thing's going to hold you.
0: But then Fox disappears. Swinging from the rope.
1: Ooh, because again, Jason can be stealthy when he wants to be.
0: So Loco's like, Fox, where'd you go? And he goes inside and he climbs up into that attic area and he sees her speared up against a post upstairs. And then that's when Jason comes out of nowhere and stabs him with the pitchfork.
1: Yeah. Oh, also there's a part where she falls when she's just walking through the barn. Yeah. And, and she it, almost
0: face first into that pitchfork. The pitchfork
1: yeah. comes out at the audience uh-huh. there. But it's like, Jesus Christ, who leaves a pitchfork sitting <laughs> out like that?
0: Somebody who hasn't been there in two years. I don't know. Oh, my gosh. So now Loco and Fox are dead. Out of the movie. Yes. is the only one left and he will survive for almost the entire living. movie.
1: No idea what he's doing all these hours.
0: We do know that he finds the bodies and freaks out, and then we don't see him again until the end of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so what's happening with the rest of the fun kids?
1: This is when we get the jugglers coming out at the audience. That was when they were going to do the paddle boards.
0: Yeah, but the camera's above them, and so they're tossing the oranges and apples or whatever they're juggling up at the camera.
1: And the girls are bored out of their minds, and so the one who's in the relationship, remember the pregnant one, who's goes to have sex with him in the hammock, which leaves Vera and Shelly. And Shelly, of course, is interested in her. And Vera, of course, is not interested in him. And she, it's so weird.
0: It's very weird.
1: She's like, I'm going to go outside.
0: For a couple of minutes. And when I come back, we'll talk. we'll talk about it. But she doesn't go outside to do anything.
1: Yeah, she's just like, I have to go outside and think, I guess.
0: I guess. And you know what? He is pathetic. He's very pathetic and it's it's really annoying just how Ugh, he is.
1: As soon as she leaves, he calls
0: her a bitch. And that makes it even worse. You kind of feel like, oh, that's got to be rough, man. Swing and a miss. That's got to suck. And then he calls her a bitch. And it's like, oh, no, I don't care about you.
1: Yeah, you're just an asshole. Uh
0: Uh-huh. He's like, oh, I impressed you with that scene at the store. So you must want to have sex with me now, right? And she's like, no, dude. He's mad at her and calls her a bitch. Mm-hmm. Like, oh. <laughs> yep,
1: because we are not allowed to not like you. Uh-huh. This is when we get the weird backstory about what's-her-face yeah. and Jason, and you're just like, what? Mm-hmm. So then the potheads wake up, because they passed out. and they, I
0: forgot the potheads were in this movie.
1: And they think that Shelly is, like, in the barn, and they want to get back at him, so they go in. But really, it's Jason. But for whatever reason, even though Jason could easily kill the potheads. Yeah. He just doesn't?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He just lets them go. Yep. It's he weird. He kills them later. Yeah,
0: but- Just randomly, almost. But well, not the dude, right now. But not Chili. Chili gets, uh, Chili gets to live for a little bit. She gets a moment, I guess, later on. True.
1: So then we get to see Shelly- Again, what is he doing this time?
0: He comes popping out of the water where Vera is sitting on the dock.
1: He grabs her leg. Uh huh. And jumps out at her, and it's like,
0: and she's like, "Why are you doing this shit?"
1: Yes, why do you do these stupid things? And he's just like, "This is actually a really a real conversation." Uh huh. And he's just like, "I just want you to like me," and she's like, "Well, I'm not gonna like you when you act like a jerk." And he's like, well, it's better to be a jerk than to be nothing. Yeah. And she's like, I never said you were nothing. He's like, you don't fucking have to.
0: Yeah, everyone treats me like nothing. And And see, like like, this, I could have sympathy for this guy.
1: But he's nothing because of the things that he does. It's what
0: he turns it into and how he reacts when people get upset that like when it doesn't work, that makes him shitty.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. So- she has his wallet because when they were in the convenience store, she needed money, which is what led to the bullies going after them because she dropped the wallet and she drops the wallet here. I never put those two together. <laughs> she drops the wall at the convenience store, which gets them in trouble with she Fox. She has a wallet
0: handling problem. <laughs> yes, she
1: does. And then she drops the wallet into the lake, which is super
0: well, fun. it's kind of this sweet moment. Where she sees the picture of like him and his mom and dad or whatever. And then she just drops it Uh into the lake. Not on purpose. Destroyed that picture. Not on purpose. And she freaks out. And so she she goes to the shore, off the dock to the shore, and kind of wades in so she can get it. And this is where Shelly has walked away. And then all of a sudden, this dude comes out wearing a hockey mask and carrying the spear gun that Shelly had. And this is the first... Time We get to see Jason in the hockey mask And he comes lumbering out And he comes walking down the dock And she's like come on Shelly Listen I dropped your wallet I'm really sorry but that's why I'm here Standing knee deep in the water Because I had to fish it out I'm really sorry but here you go And then he holds the spear gun up
1: Which is when you run And she even says that's not funny But it's like why wouldn't you run Even if you think it's a joke Like well, because, what if he made a
0: mistake Right Fair enough, but at this point, there's been enough of these bad pranks that she's fairly confident that it's him. And then he fires, and it comes right at the camera, and then it goes right into her eye, and now Vera's dead. Which sucks, because, you know, you like Vera, I think.
1: For the most part, sure. Yeah, she's fine. Mm-hmm.
0: So now Vera's dead. And we don't see what happens to Shelly.
1: I never would have guessed that was the actual actress in her death scene. I totally thought that was a mannequin.
0: Oh, well, because they had to put the makeup over her eye to put the, the spear in it.
1: This is when we get, of course, the shower scene that was, of course, necessary. We haven't mentioned that the boyfriend of the pregnant girl can walk on his hands. Well, he
0: was also the one that was juggling with Shelly earlier. He's very acrobatic. So he's going downstairs to get a beer that's Andy, while Debbie goes to take a shower.
1: And he gets a brutal death.
0: Yeah, he gets split halfway in half. So he's walking on his hands and Jason takes the machete and right in the groin, halfway down his body. And Yikes. he gets ripped apart and folded in half to be found later.
1: And it's crazy. They do it over the the glass bottom. And that's kind of cool. Oh, that. yeah.
0: so you So the camera is underneath Andy when this happens. Yeah, yeah. it's a cool effect. And he just kind of crumples as soon as he gets hit.
1: When the girl gets out of the shower. She
0: dabs herself a little bit on the chest with the towel. And then just walks out. And puts a, and puts a fucking robe on. Yeah. And now that robe is soaked.
1: Yeah, it's, it's very strange.
0: Then she lays in the hammock.
1: To look at a Fangoria magazine. Yeah,
0: Fangoria. That has
1: an article about uh, Tom, Tom Savini. Tom Savini, yeah.
0: Uh-huh. And? and? She gets blood dripped on her. And she's like, what's this? The same thing that happens to everyone. It falls on the thing that she's reading. And then she's like, huh. And she touches it. And then she looks at it and goes, is this blood or whatever? I'm sorry, but if anything, liquid, solid, or otherwise, falls on the thing I'm reading, I'm going to move slightly and look up immediately. (laughs) I'm not going to look at it on the page and wonder what it is. I'm going to wonder where it came from. Agreed. Agreed. But she takes a while to look at the blood and then looks up and sees that her boyfriend has been shoved up into the ceiling there and she freaks out and just as she's freaking out, she gets a knife or something through her back and comes out her front, just like Kevin Bacon in the first movie.
1: Yes, exact save death.
0: So where does he kill I'm guessing is I'm guessing this is Chuck. Where does he kill Chuck? Stoner.
1: Well, first we get popcorn at the audience.
0: Yeah, popcorn (laughs) pops at the audience. That's right.
1: I think Chuck goes outside to check on something. And I think he probably just dies there because the next thing I have written down is Chili seeing Shelly.
0: Yes. So she finds Shelly. And that's how we know what happened to Shelly.
1: Shelly walks in and
0: he collapses and he's got his throat slit and she doesn't believe him. And she's like, come on, Shelly, stop it, I don't believe wolf? you. Yeah, exactly. Boy who
1: cried wolf. Until
0: she gets close and realizes that, oh my god, no, he really is dead.
1: Oh, okay, yeah. Chuck goes into the barn, turns on the lights. This is like the best like, scary shot, I'd say, is when he's walking into the barn and it's dead, it's all dark, And he doesn't have any idea, turns on the light, and he goes, that's better. And Jason's just standing in the back. Yeah. uh Like, that's the best scary shot in this film. Yeah, it's pretty good.
0: Like I say, there are really good, classic, iconic, I I would say should be iconic, like, moments in this movie. Which is why I think it is definitely worth watching. So, Chili finds Shelly. She freaks out. She finds Andy and Debbie Chris and Rick are somewhere else still, right? Uh, They're just walking, doing their own thing.
1: We get a hot poker at the audience. I don't remember if it's her that has it or if it's Jason. Oh, it's Jason. Yeah, he kills her with this.
0: He kills her with with this, but not before she drops a bookcase on him. And you say, you said, oh, come on, like that's going to stop him. Just like Michael Myers, you know, but Richard Brooker, the guy who played Jason commented that that really hurts, <laughs> right but he's supposed to be this big wearing padding dude's wearing padding and the books fall on him and that's like the thing he thinks about when he thinks about stunts that hurt was the books falling on him it's enough to at least stop him slow him down
1: So she's, like, running through the house, and she's about to run outside, and the wind, like, bursts open the door, which scares her, so she then ends up running straight into Jason. Yep. It's kind of ridiculous. And that's where she gets
0: killed with the hot poker. Yes. Oh, she killed Chuck by uh, taking out the power with him.
1: Yeah. Just like throws
0: him into the fuse box. Just
1: like in Halloween 4.
0: (laughs) Yes. Except on a grander scale in Halloween 4, yeah. Throwing you on electricity. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, So now it's just Chris and Rick and that is it. And they go back and there are no lights and nobody is responding and the place seems trashed.
1: Yeah, like the popcorn's burning.
0: All the books are downstairs now after being thrown off the edge.
1: And Rick angrily walks outside and Chris, is that her name? Yeah. Is just like... Rick, come back. What happened? But too late.
0: Oh, it's this great moment where she gets up the courage to go outside. And just around the corner that we can see, Jason has Rick and is covering his mouth and is holding him tight so he can't struggle. And as she goes back in, he grabs him by both sides of the head and squeezes until his eye pops out at the camera. Yes. 3D. 3D. Which is great. Another iconic moment.
1: Yes, Absolutely. This is when Chris will find blood-soaked clothes in the flooding bathtub.
0: Yeah. It's yeah, weird. It... Like, Jason set all this stuff up.
1: Yeah, to scare her. Uh-huh. But I haven't mentioned that there's a lot of women screaming names. Shelley, Andy. 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 Andy.
0: Debbie. Shelley. Rick!
1: It becomes a major part here where she's just screaming Rick. And in fact, in the Crystal Memories thing, they mention that they picked Rick over Derek because it's easier to yell Uh because she has to yell it so many times. Uh But again, this is not just her in this moment. This happens throughout the film. Women will scream the men's names for various reasons. She finds the gang member strung up. The wind of course opens up all the doors and windows because where would a horror movie be without that?
0: Mhm.
1: Dead Rick is thrown at her through the window. Yeah.
0: Uh-huh, that's great.
1: She hides in a closet just like in in Halloween. Yeah. But she gives herself away because her friend is ha- is has put in there so she screams. And then it's kind of cool, she Gets herself to get all courageous And takes the knife out of her friend Uh To stab at Jason But then she just leaves it in him And then he throws at
0: her She slices at like his arm or something Stabs it into his leg And then runs away She ends up going to the van Which, if you remember Has been siphoned of gas It starts, but not before she has a Keys, keys moment Yes,
1: she has a keys, (laughs) keys Keys, keys
0: Which went nowhere. She had them in her pocket. Yes. Like why that needed to be a moment.
1: (laughs) Because it's a horror movie and Halloween uh did it.
0: But she gets it started. She drives away. It starts running out of gas on her because, of course, it does. Not before she almost runs him off the road. Right. And
1: but she makes it to the creaky, be- the, creaky the creaky
0: bridge, creaky, creaky bridge. Yes. And it runs out of gas and since it's sitting On the bridge the bridge ends up Breaking she's able to switch it To the reserve tank which was Fucking awesome but it doesn't Matter anyway because she's stuck on the bridge she's Stuck on the bridge and so he Reaches in for her she rolls up The window to trap his arms and so To break the window he headbutts it With the hockey mask yes. and it breaks the window But she's already climbing out the side and This is fun
1: We also haven't mentioned that it's cool that he has the limp from where she stabbed him.
0: But. But. but,
1: There's nothing wrong with his shoulder where he definitely should have been sliced. We saw
0: at the beginning of this movie. Mm Mm-hmm. He got a machete lodged in his shoulder all the way in.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Nothing. No problem. But he is limping now. (laughs) So.
1: Runs into the barn. Runs into the barn. She is hiding in the rafters, which uh-huh. I did not see coming. And
0: the actress actually did that; was holding on up there by herself.
1: That's very cool. Yeah,
0: but ends I don't up know how dropping she got down up on him because uh, the ladder that goes up to the top
1: hmm. okay. or climbs yeah. up one of the
0: posts or whatever,
1: and she jumps on top of him, which is a bold yeah. move.
0: Knocks him down. They end up fighting more and more. She hangs him. She does. And this is the great moment. So she. Is it the great moment? No, it's totally cool. I'm sorry. It's awesome. It's not a great moment. They're upstairs. She ends up getting the rope around his neck and pushing him out the front. And he just drops. And supposedly his neck snaps. He drops out and he's just hanging out there. She gets brave enough to open the barn doors. And he's right there. And then all of a sudden, he wakes up. He reaches up and grabs the rope that he's hanging from and pulls himself up bodily. So then he has slack in the line and can pull the rope, the noose off over his head, which moves the mask, exposing his face. And that's where she's like, it's you. Which is totally pointless. Yeah. But it's such a great moment, though, where he grabs the rope and pulls himself up and takes it off. Like, he is unfucking stoppable in this moment. And it's really cool in a very, very cool way. And it kind of sets up what they play to death later on in the franchise his unstoppability. <laughs> so he goes after her again. He puts the mask back on and he goes after her again. And he is going to kill her. But then what happens, Kelsey?
1: Oh, Ali pops out of Remember, nowhere. Remember, Ali's been hiding
0: in the barn this entire time. I have no idea why. Why he never came out earlier than this <laughs> enough to attack him, distract him long enough, which is just like five seconds. Jason turns around and kills him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, she goes and grabs a machete and puts it into his into head. his
0: fucking skull. Which is another iconic thing where it goes right into his head. We're going to get a little notch in his in his hockey mask after this, which is from that. But the idea was, this is it. We're done. We're not making any more Jason movies. Let's just straight up kill him. Not any shoulder shots or whatever, right? He is dead. Well... Obviously, they made a whole lot more movies, so he is not dead. But that was their original plan, But and they then this also, movie did gangbusters.
1: The ending goes on.
0: It does, but in her head. Supposedly. Well, we know supposedly, because, okay, so what happens?
1: Mama Voris needs to make another comeback.
0: Yes, she goes out onto a canoe... Onto the lake
1: Just like in the first one Just like one. in the first one A
0: callback to the first one She looks up at the window And then sees Jason No mask Bleeding from the ho- From the scar in his head
1: And he has a very creepy Excited He really face.
0: does He's like Oh there you are You're out on the lake I'm gonna go get you." And it's terrifying It
1: is It's This is another scary moment He, and has, he has a comes really creepy running face. down And
0: she's trying to get away She The canoe is getting stuck on logs He comes bursting out of the house And running down the hill to the lake, and then she's futzing with logs and she turns around and he's gone. And she's like, what just happened? So, part of the thing is, is that he she left him in the barn. There's no reason why he would be upstairs in the house. So, not real. He disappears. Not real. And while she's looking at the shore and he disappears, out comes Mrs. Voorhees, Pamela Voorhees, from the lake, just like the same head that we saw at the end of the second movie, Uh, it's all shriveled, that we saw at the beginning of this movie, comes out and grabs it just in another callback to how when she was the villain in the first one, Jason pops out of the lake. But then we get the next morning and they're like, yeah, we don't know what the fuck she's talking about. There's no old woman. Oh, and the the
1: cops are so bad and they only have like two lines each, but they're terrible. Yeah,
0: uh (sighs) Looks like she's the only one left alive. What was all that about a lady in the lake? She must have flipped out. That poor kid's been through hell. All of her French. I'll take her. But they're like, nope, she's, she must be really fucking traumatized or whatever, <laughs> you know.
1: Yeah, and as they pull away, she's like screaming and laughing.
0: <laughs> so, like we said, It's nothing really new. It's more of the same. There's some great moments, in my opinion. We get the hockey mask, which is fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're invested up to this point, you should have seen this movie, in my opinion. It's good. I liked it. I really enjoyed it. It's a lot of fun. It certainly ain't perfect. No. It has a lot of problems, and it's not going to get a crazy high score from me. But I really enjoyed it. What do you think it has on Rotten Tomatoes? Maybe a 64? Try an 11%.
1: What?
0: Jason may solidify his iconic wardrobe in this entry, but Friday the 13th Part 3 lacks any other distinguishing features, relying on a tired formula of stab and repeat. But again, like I said before, we'll all be thankful for more of the same once the franchise starts getting really weird.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. How crazy. A Metacritic of
0: 30. So. The Metacritic, not the Metacritic, the Rotten Tomatoes of the previous entries were 63 and 34, and now it's 11. We gave the first one 77 and 75, respectively, Kelsey then me. And then part two, 69 and 65, respectively. If you're curious about the remake, it got a 25 Rotten Tomatoes. You gave it a 71, I gave it a 60. I seem to remember liking it better than 60, but I think it's because it falls apart later and the intro is really the best part. But anyway, obviously 11 percent's is underrated. Yes. What would you give it?
1: Well, now I feel like I was way overrating it. Jesus. I was going to give it a 70. That
0: would be higher than you gave part two, one by one point.
1: I'm sure I had my reasons. I This one is a lot of, there are a lot of fun moments of the 3D, and... He does get his iconic mask, and I guess that's it. I don't know. There's like two good scary moments. Uh, I love
0: how unashamedly it's just peddling the 3D effects. That's really fun to me. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's a good thing, in my estimation, in a B-horror movie, you know, which I kind of see that it is at this point, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think it should get credit for that.
1: Yeah, I guess it's mainly because it's it's really important. Yeah. It's just there it's horror iconography within the American zeitgeist, and that's important to me, so.
0: Yeah. I'll give it a 69.
1: Sixty nine, dudes.
0: But yeah, keep an eye out for the next Friday the thirteenth. Uh if we remember it. We will do the next installment, one of Kelsey's favorites.
1: Finally. <laughs> we should have been there now. Yeah, we, we actually, missed one earlier
0: this year. There was there another reasons. Friday the 13th. But yeah, other things going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there is there is one next year, right?
1: There is one next year. It's in yeah. August.
0: Okay. So keep an eye out for that when we do part four. What is that one called? That's like the final something or the other. The final chapter. The final chapter. It certainly wasn't.
1: It was not.
0: Ugh. Okay. Anyway, before we get into our next movie, Kelsey... Horror trivia.
1: What actress plays Claire Spencer in the movie, What Lies Beneath?
0: Michelle Pfeiffer. All right, Kelsey, this one actually relates to the movie we just saw. And it's going to explain why there's a problem with Pamela Voorhees jumping out of the lake at the end. Aside from the intro, which is actually just from part two, how many times... Is Jason's name said in Friday the 13th Part 3?
1: Is it not said at all?
0: None. It said none times.
1: Because none of them know who none he None
0: of them is. know who he is, which is why she should have no idea who Pamela Voorhees even is. <laughs> and would have no reason to be scared by her. At least in the first movie, what's Her Face knew the story of Jason. Yes. This chick doesn't know the story. No. Has no idea who Pamela Voorhees is. No. So why would that psychological scare happen at the end? Doesn't make any sense. Unless she really was there. But we know she wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) This girl was found fine, unattacked, undragged to the bottom of the ocean, just like the end of the first movie.
1: Yeah, and that brought Jason.
0: Yeah, and? That created Jason. Yeah, but we know Jason wasn't hiding in the lake. That appearance of Jason was not really him. She survived. She was not dragged into the fucking lake. It was just a hallucination. Just like Chris has here, but she would have no basis for having that hallucination. Anyways, nobody says Jason's name aside from the clip from the beginning.
1: Jason, mother is talking to you. (laughs) So good. It
0: is. (laughs) All right, Kelsey, that brings us to our next movie where people die at a lake called... Lake Bodum from 2016. Oh, no. I have to say these names. <laughs> Directed by Tanelli Mastonen. Written by Alexei Hivarinen and Tonelli Mastonen. Starring Nellie Hurst-Gee, Mimosa Willamo, Mimosa, <laughs> and Michael Gabriel. What is Lake Bodum about?
1: Four teenagers go camping. Two of them... Have one reason for going camping, and two of them have a very different reason for going camping. Sure. And then there's another camper who has a different reason (laughs) for going camping. What a
0: great synopsis.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And none of them are good.
0: (laughs) I guess... Uh, we should probably say that it's based on the murders at Lake Bodum, which is a real place.
1: Yes. In is, Finland. It is a tragic
0: story. It's where campers were killed in their tent and they never figured out who it was. That is a real problem. Just like, you know, we have the Black Dahlia or the Zodiac. They have the Lake Bodum murders.
1: We also have the dra- the town the dreaded sundown.
0: Yeah. So it's one of those. And this is taking that as part of their culture, and okay, now that we know this happened in the context of the film, it's all these kids going to that same lake. The movie is available for free on Shutter if you have a subscription or via sling t v uh you can rent it for four dollars on iTunes or buy it for seven on iTunes or Amazon. Should people watch Lake Bodum?
1: Am I glad I saw it? Yes.
0: I see exactly where you're coming from here, Kelsey. I 100% agree with you.
1: But I don't think there's anything here that's going to rock your socks off.
0: The fact of the matter is, is that this is another movie that loses all of its goodwill. Not all of it, a lot of it, by the end of the movie. If this tells you anything, my thought was, oh God, Kelsey's going to hate how this movie just goes on and on. And every time you think it's going to stop, it keeps going. One character in particular gets knocked out and wakes up again like four or five different times in the movie. But but that said, it is so fucking well shot and directed like incredible. It is a gorgeous movie without anything totally out of left field as far as visuals are concerned. Probably the strangest visuals you get are when they go in the water. And even that's really fucking simple. It's just beautiful. I really, really enjoyed watching this movie, but its contents, eh?
1: Yeah, yeah. There, there are things I liked about it, and, but there, there's a lot of things I didn't like about it. And it's funny because it, I like that it tried things. Yes. But at the same time, none of it is unique. Yes. We've seen it all before, but they weaved it
0: together differently and um, <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where you don't like any character
1: yeah you don't like anybody
0: except kind of like i like they're anyway we'll get to it we'll get to it if you can watch it for free i would say sure i guess
1: see it I don't know what you're going to try to say. None of these people are good, except maybe the blonde. But I'm sorry, if you don't think he was probably going to kill everybody eventually, you're Yeah, <laughs> that, that
0: thing is never explained. <laughs> I was thinking more Elias.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. Is it okay to stare at girls when they're naked and don't know that you're there? And then to make a joke about it, especially after you hooked up with your fr- with her friend? They didn't hook up supposedly, certainly seemed like they did.
0: Right, but there's a lot of things that seemed a certain way to turn out not to be that way.
1: You are correct, because this movie wanted to do a lot of twists, which I appreciated. Yes, but the... I mean, the thing that you're I... supposed to hate him for, he didn't fucking do. It's like I'm talking to a student. I appreciate the effort.
0: <laughs> um, Yeah, I, I, I really don't know what to think about this movie yet. I, I, I think our conversation is is going to pull that out of me. Um, you can take our advice such that it exists or leave it. When we get back, we will talk about 2016's Lake Bodom. Okay. So since this entire movie is spoken in Finnish and there is no English language trailer, Uh, that's not just text on the screen, then you don't get a trailer. Sorry, but if you follow us on Twitter, at Pod Cemetery, I'll post a link to the trailer there that has English subtitles, so you can check it out there. Kelsey, can you get us started? How does Lake Bodum begin?
1: Quite sadly, actually. We start with the true tragedy that happened in the 1960s. A group of four kids go camping and are inexplicably murdered except for one survived and they never found who did it but that dude who survived like 30 years later was tried for it but was found not guilty really yeah so i i I got kind of interested in it and i I looked it up but it's a really sad thing that happened just these four teenagers camping just murdered
0: forty four years later, it's telling me,
1: yeah, whatever it is two thousand and
0: four he was tried, yeah,
1: yeah, but they they found him not guilty,
0: Jesus,
1: but so that's the story that inspired this movie, and it really happened, and they talk about it as if it really happened in the film, so yeah. it it in this universe, it actually happened, so we meet these two dudes. I have no idea what their names are.
0: Okay, let's go over the characters, shall we? (laughs) There are four main characters that you need to worry about.
1: Look, there's the blonde with glasses. That's Ate. Ate. There's the asshole. Elias. Elias. There's the girl who had bad things happen to her. Ida. Ida. And there's her best friend.
0: Nora. Nora. Just Nora. Nora. (laughs)
1: <laughs> okay. I'll see if I can remember those names. But so Ate. Atte. <laughs> Ate. Atte. Ate. Ate. He is obsessed with the murders that that happened in the 60s. And you will get the indication from this character. So his story is that he wants to recreate the murders. To test a theory, we never find out what that theory is. Yes.
0: Now, I, I think I know where you're going with this, Kelsey. Was he planning on murdering them? Right. I don't think so. Okay. Because there were, f- I mean, that would mean that Elias would need to be agreeing to be murdered.
1: No, I I think that the boys are planning on murdering the girls. Okay, but under the guise of we want to pretend we want to do this thing, but, the, but really but they want to
0: murder. But there's only two girls. Right. Not three people that were killed by one person, supposedly, if that's even his theory. But my point is, is that there were four people attacked, one survives. So he couldn't possibly be recreating it if he wanted to actually murder them. Also, he would have needed a fifth person.
1: Well, that's if he wanted to do the whole thing, but it could just be Mm -hmm. that he just wants to murder and happens to be obsessed with this particular murder.
0: Okay, so we know he lied to them. He didn't tell them why he wanted them to come, and that makes us suspicious, right?
1: Which doesn't make sense when you find out what happened later. Those two stories do not work together they were
0: going around the school asking people to come on this trip with them right they were not being subtle about it which is why i don't think they were planning on killing anybody because so many people would have known they wanted to they were trying to convince people to go out there with them
1: that is a good point that i did
0: not consider
1: but we don't find that out till later yeah uh
0: uh-huh but yeah for half the movie you're like are they gonna kill them
1: yeah You are left wondering if they plan to murder these girls. But I want to make that point clear. He lied to these girls to, quote unquote, get them to come. But everybody else at the school knew that he was asking them to go on this trip.
0: Yeah, no, everyone knew he was asking them to go on this trip. But what he lied about is that there was going to be a cabin party. So the lie is there is no cabin and there's nobody else coming.
1: Right. But when we see later, we get a flashback of Nora seeing Atte.
0: Atte, yeah. Uh
1: Asking people to go on this trip. Uh Uh-huh. And it looks like he's being clear and obvious. Hey, remember the murders? (laughs) Showing them pictures of the murders and stuff. Uh So that's what I mean when I say the stories don't line up.
0: Yeah, but I think just in general, though, the lie that he tells them that we know that he tells these women is that there's going to be a cabin and there's going to be other people. But you're right. The rest of the plot doesn't make sense if they think there's going to be other people there. Yeah. So, plot hole. Yeah. Unexplained plot hole. Yeah. Just because we're talking about it. We stumble upon this stuff.
1: But so he's discussing the murder with him and with, with Alias. Now, why these two are friends does not make sense. And the reason I bring up the idea that these two boys are friends and they want to commit murders of girls is because this their plot line in the beginning reminded me a lot of Murder by Numbers. Okay. Do you remember that movie? Yeah. With two very hot young men <laughs> who aren't looking their
0: best at it because you're not supposed to like them. Kelsey never makes me feel good about myself <laughs> when she talks about the men that she finds hot. They're all weird. They're all...
1: You're talking about Ryan Gosling. I
0: understand. <laughs> but being weird...
1: <laughs> he doesn't look his best here.
0: And N- neither does... Michael Pitt. Michael Pitt. Yeah. It. it but anyway... It always makes me feel weird. (laughs) She's like, oh my god, this guy is so hot. It's like, really? That guy? (laughs) What am I supposed to feel about myself?
1: Who out there is in love with Michael Pitt? Come on. Come on. Tweet at us.
0: I feel that he's always maintained this sort of, like, below the radar level. And the closest he got to being, like, famous was when he was on...
1: Dawson's Creek.
0: No. I was going to say... Empire, not Empire, but, um, you know, the with Nucky uh, about...
1: Oh, Boardwalk Empire. Boardwalk
0: Empire, yeah. Uh-huh.
1: Don't forget, he was also on Hannibal.
0: He was. He was. He was, but then he, like, had makeup on for a lot of it. Yeah, right? he did. Yeah, uh-huh.
1: he, yeah, he's always kind of kept just under the radar, but that's actually why he quit Dawson's Creek, because he didn't like...
0: Getting famous? He
1: didn't like the idea, like, he didn't enjoy... Getting fan letters and stuff like he didn't enjoy that
0: If you want to hear us talk more about Michael Pitt, who has nothing to do with this movie, (laughs) you can listen to our Funny Games episode.
1: Yeah, nobody wants to listen to that episode. (laughs) Which is weird because a lot of people love those movies.
0: I don't know. I think a lot of people don't know what they are, or if they do, might be a little bit turned off by how weird they are. Anyway. Yes. He has, he, Octe gives off this Michael Pitt vibe.
1: And... Alias gives off the Ryan Gosling vibe. The
0: cooler. Like, he has tattoos. He's the one who's listening to the rap music in the car. Like, he's the cool guy. He's wearing so, the cool jacket.
1: I'm very curious as to why these two are friends, because we, when we see them alone, they do seem like they're friends. But when he's with her, when Alias is with...
0: Nora? Ida. Oh, Ida, okay.
1: She says, oh, you two are best friends, and he goes, if you ask him. Yeah. And so it feels a lot like Murder by Numbers, their weird friendship, where yeah. they're friends when they're alone, but Ryan Gosling is ashamed to be friends with him yeah. in public.
0: That's why I think they've probably been friends for a while. We talked about this recently, like in our last episode or something like that, why are these two people friends? Mm-hmm. What movie was that? What What movie was that? It must not have been for the show. Okay. But I feel like we were just talking about that. Like, why would these two characters be friends? And Well, my we just ex, watched
1: oh, a video about Jennifer's body.
0: No, it was um summer of 84. Why would the cool kid be in this group? And it's like, well, because they're young and they've probably been friends their whole fucking lives. You know what I mean? Like it's probably that. They probably grew up together. They probably live across the street from each other and they know each other like intimately well.
1: Yeah, but that kid did that kid seemed too cool.
0: It's also Finland. So, I don't know, him being... Summer of 84? Oh, you mean in summer of 84. Yeah, but they were like 12.
1: So? 12-year-olds are the worst.
0: No, I understand, but my best friend around that age was a lot cooler than I was, and a lot more popular than I was.
1: And still was your friend? Yeah,
0: oh yeah. No, we spent so much time together. But that's the way I think about Elias and Ate, is... That there's one that's the cooler one, but I don't know what that cool means in Finland. <laughs> like, is he also considered a weirdo because he's like that? You know what I mean? Maybe he's also outcast, and that's why they're friends. But it doesn't matter. We got a cool guy, we got a weird guy, and they're like quote unquote best friends.
1: But so Alias stole swimsuits from his mom. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, the cup sizes are too big. Yeah, You're these just are talking way about too my big. mom. <laughs>
1: Ate realizes that one of them is very similar to
0: what one of the victims in the original murders in 1960 were wearing. And
1: he's very excited to see them wear it, which is, again, playing into the idea of can we not trust these men?
0: Yeah. Is he going to dress them up and then kill them in it?
1: Mm-hmm. So, then we get to see Ida in her home life, which is not pleasant.
0: Not pleasant at all.
1: Uh, it's a very religious household, and she has shamed the family somehow, somehow. we don't
0: know what that is yet.
1: And it's weird because in the English translation, the dad calls her a whore, but then she says, I'm not a dog.
0: She's referring to the way she's being treated, not what he called her. Oh. I'm not just a dog that you can order around and make me heal. You know what I mean? Like... And the mom's like, let her go. You can go. Yeah. Yeah. Like, good for you, mom. Yeah. (laughs) Because
1: it didn't seem like that was going to be what was okay in this household. Yeah. uh But we never see that household ever again. So none of that matters. Well, we do.
0: We see it. It's like one of the last shots. It struck me that he was upset and he was taking out his anger on her because of some scandal that happened. And so he was being more aggressive, but not that he was domineering of the entire house, necessarily. Uh, I think that's visually the perception that we get, but when we find out more about what happened, that's probably the real context.
1: Yeah, but when you're focused on the visuals, uh that should probably be more clear.
0: Again, this is a very pretty movie.
1: Yes, it is. Then we meet Nora, who is talking to Ida, and she's just like, are you sure about this? What happened to you is horrible, but it's been six months, it's time to move on, this could be a new beginning. Yeah. And you think that she's talking about going to a party and seeing people.
0: Yeah. We still don't know what exactly happened to her yet, I don't think.
1: No. We don't find that out till way later. And then we see Alias and... Akte. Ate together again, and Ate is going on and on about the murder, which is when Alias says, please don't start that shit with them. I'm serious. I can't believe you got them to come at all. Yeah. So, again, their friendship is confusing because when you find out that there's this history between Alias and... Ida. Ida. Yeah. It's really confusing because Ida... Is under the impression that Alias is the one who did it.
0: Right, but he doesn't know that.
1: Okay, so Ida just fully believed everything that Nora told her without
0: any proof. Yes. Okay. Well, because we know there's no proof, because the thing itself never happened.
1: I understand that part of it. But later, Ida will be like, you shouldn't brag so much. But also, like, they had like a flirtation, but she didn't know that he liked her. Well, yeah, it was they're kids.
0: Confusing. They're kids, Kelsey. Come on. <laughs> Remember what were we talking? We were watching a holiday, a trailer for holiday, and we like it went on forever. Uh-huh. And as we're watching this trailer, it's like, oh my god, are these high school kids? Yeah. The whole like, I like him.
1: I like like him, but I don't know if he like likes me.
0: Yeah, it's just like and Jesus. It's like he obviously likes you, yeah. But does he like like me? And are like, you twelve? Right. So I'm not surprised that there's this sort of, you know, thing going on.
1: Well, whatever. They end up picking up the girls and they are having a provocative conversation inside the car.
0: About the nature of men and women. Ida makes a good point because what Elias is saying is that... Men want sex, women want love, so men should be given a pass, basically, when it comes to, like, having affairs and stuff like that, because what they're looking for is sex, and women want love, so if you give us sex, we give you love, everyone should be happy. Ida's point is, like, she's like, well, I don't think that's how women are at all, and he says, you want sex? Like, is that what you want? And she responds with, don't you want love?
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so. And that,
1: that shuts Elias yeah. <laughs> up. Which we'll find out later, there's a reason why that shuts him up. Yeah. As soon as they get there, the jig is up. Like, it's just like, there's no cabin. There's uh-huh. no one else here. It's very obvious that you lied. But the girls, for whatever reason, are not upset, which you definitely. They stick around,
0: which can, is suspicious, yeah.
1: But, like, they're not even upset about it. Like, it's not even angry or, like. Punishing them for what they did No, It's purely just like oh okay
0: Ate goes I'm sorry but let me explain
1: And they just skip over That whole conversation But
0: the explanation is effectively That no I know This is going to be weird But this is where these people were killed And I wanted to come out here and see it And see if we can't figure out what happened And I can see if my theory Holds water and you know what We're going to be at a lake And we're going to have fun still And what we find out later, I think, I think it's reinforced that this is Ate's true motivation. This is literally the way he feels. I just want to be here with four people to see if the circumstance that I'm thinking of makes sense. And hey, while we're out here, we're at a lake, we're going camping, we're having fun.
1: Yeah, because the next scene we get, Ate and... Ida are having their own private conversation where he's talking about the murders.
0: Yeah, he's very open about it.
1: And Ida is just like, you get a kick out of it, don't you? And it's obvious that she means a sexual kick because the next thing that he says is, that's all you Bible thumpers ever think about is sex. Why can't it just be that I have a theory? And she's like, oh, you want to be Sherlock. You Uh want to be the one that solves the crime. Uh Uh-huh. And yeah, he does immediately like, let's get started, I wanna do this, but Nora and Alias go skinny dipping. So what were what was that? You were telling me about him not being a dick wanting to hook up with whatever chick he could?
0: I didn't say that. We that never even came up.
1: You don't think that him and Nora had sex, even though later yeah. they will get into the tent by themselves and are giggling. While the other two sit awkwardly outside the tent. Yeah. But you don't think they hooked up.
0: No, I think I, I think that, that doesn't even matter, though. I think there's no reason not to believe him, especially since I think he likes Ida a lot. And the only reason he's doing anything with Nora right now is because, unbeknownst to him, Ida thinks that Elias did something terrible to her. And so she completely shut down their interaction. And he's left on the other side going, okay, I guess you don't like me then. Like, why would I stick around and hang out with you if all of a sudden you're cold to me? Fine, then. I guess I'll hook up with your friend. I don't think that's a dick thing to do.
1: Even though later he says, my heart only beats for you, and he stares at her while she's naked for some
0: stupid reason. He's staring at her back.
1: Whatever!
0: I know, I understand, but let's give the full context here. He's not just looking at her naked.
1: Okay, However,
0: he stumbles across her while he's brushing his teeth. Her
1: reasons for being naked in the middle of nowhere—it's stupid. She's
0: taking a bath in the lake water in the
1: freezing (laughs) cold water, which is why Alias and Nora get out of the lake quite quickly. Uh By the way, Uh she's going to bathe in that water, but also when you find out what supposedly happened to her, do you really think that girl is going to get naked in the middle of nowhere?
0: Yeah, with these other people and the guy that she thinks is. So let's talk about it. What is the what is the thing that she thinks happened?
1: Nora told her that sh- she was shown pictures of Ida drunk at a party naked and something horrible happened to Passed her. Passed out
0: and yeah. So you can let your mind wander with that.
1: Because they never tell you anything else because mm-hmm. they didn't actually happen.
0: Yes. We find out later that Nora lied. To Ida, And we'll talk about why a little bit later, that this never happened, let alone that it was Elias that did it. It just never happened. But the problem is, is that because that rumor got started, it spread all around school and everyone looked down on Ida because we know how that shit happens. Victims of shitty things are then looked down on, which fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ida's life is basically made miserable as a result of it. So anyway...
1: Because, yeah, I definitely wrote down they are having sex.
0: Yeah, they're in the water, and I think they're getting warm in the tent. With body warmth? Maybe. I don't think it's that big a fucking deal.
1: This is when Ida will see across the lake that there's someone else there.
0: There's a light across the lake, and it's there for, like, two seconds. And at first, the movie makes you think that this is a red herring. Well, sorry, at first, you're like, oh, here's the killer. Mm -hmm. And then later on, you're like, oh, that... Didn't matter at all. It had nothing to do with the movie.
1: Oh, I never thought that. I thought I'm as saying, soon as I saw is, that, I this was is like, the "Okay, way so the way that the movie here. is
0: setting it up, whether or not you believe it is a second consideration."
1: So they all go to bed inside the tent, and when this happens, Nora will say something to Ida. I forget what it is. I think she's asking her, "Are you okay with what happened between me and Eli- Elias?" Again, reinforcing the idea that they did have sex. And Ida is just like, no, it's fine. Even though we know what they're here. Like, when we find out what they're here to do, it's so weird. Right. I'm confused. Because Maybe I got lost in translation. But
0: Nora, Nora's a fucking bitch. She is yes. a controlling. Bitch, And she does not want Ida and Elias to be connected in any way whatsoever. So her lying about the relationship that she has with Elias makes a lot of sense. She lied about Elias already to make Ida hate him.
1: That's true. Good points. Good points. But so.
0: Nora needs to go to the bathroom.
1: No, they hear something.
0: At first, yeah.
1: And Elias goes out to check on it. And they're all terrified because it takes a really long time and it's silent. And then Alias, being a dick, Uh like, pretends that he's somebody scary, but he's not really. So that's when Nora is like, all right, well, I got to go to the bathroom. And Alias is like, well, do you want me to come with you for, like, protection? And she says, after what you just did?
0: No. And my thought was, I don't care if you teased me. I'm alone in the middle of these spooky woods. Yeah, come with me. At least I know you're not going to kill me, or at least I have a reasonable expectation that that's not going to happen. Well,
1: he ends up running after her. Yeah. And Ate... But, but
0: she's way ahead of him, so he's got to find her.
1: And Ate says, Alias just won't take no for an answer. And she goes, is, it, w- is there any guy that would?
0: Mm-hmm. And is just like, what the fuck did I do? <laughs>
1: Well, it doesn't matter, because Ate is about to be killed!
0: Yeah, so they're talking, and then all of a sudden the tent kind of collapses on them, and they freak out, it goes black. Ate goes outside to see what happened. Because
1: he assumes it's Alias playing another prank. uh uh-huh.
0: and sure enough, there's a big branch that fell on their tent, and he's like, ah, they played a prank on us. And he peeks his head back inside, and he, he explains all this to her, and he's like, let's play a prank on them. You know? And then all of a sudden... Just with his head through the tent and she's like, Ate, I don't, this isn't cool. Don't, don't play a prank on me. This is stupid. And then blood starts coming from his mouth. He got stabbed in the back by somebody and she freaks out and she screams. So by this point, there's a really cool shot here. Nora's wandering through the woods with her flashlight and the camera is kind of voyeuristically watching her. And then she turns around because she's like, what's something spooky's happening, right? And she turns around. She turns her back to the camera. And that's the moment that the camera starts, like, rushing in on her. And everything gets quiet as this camera approaches her. And just as it reaches her, we hear Ida screaming because Ate was just stabbed. The camera slows to a stop just as Nora starts running. So there's like this transfer of kinetic energy from the camera to Nora just as the music ramps up as well. It's very simple. It's a small, small moment. But it just gave me, it sparked joy. <laughs> <laughs> I will share that on Twitter if you're following us on Twitter.
1: Yes, it is a well-made movie.
0: Very well-made. Mm-hmm. So Nora runs back and Elias tackles her and he's like, Stop. Just to tell her it's a prank. He tackles her. Yes. He tackles her and he's like, stop. It's just a prank. They're trying to get back at us. So maybe the branch was them. I don't know. It's unclear. But she's still screaming, so they they end up running back anyway. And they find Ida over Ate's bloody body and he is fucking dying. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to tell them, run, get the fuck out of here.
1: It's him. Go. Yes. He'll come back.
0: So they do run until Nora trips and hurts her ankle. And she's like, you guys go get the car, find me, you know, etc. Leave me behind for now. And so Elias and Ida go off on their own to find the car. They end up wrapping back around in circles at one point, right? Like they they, they end up they hitting the lost. lake again. Yeah. But they have this opportunity to have a heart-to-heart conversation And because things have sort of settled down, but they still need to find the car. And Elias is able to tell Ida, I don't know exactly what happened to you. I think all these rumors going around fucking suck. But I've never seen the pictures. Have you seen the pictures? I don't think pictures exist. And that's like this sort of like twist in the story a little bit that not only did I not do anything to you, I don't think that thing happened to you at all. I think it's just the rumors. The rumors are happening and destroying your life, and they're all based on nothing. And Ida's like, kind of half going like, what? So wait, did you not do it to me? If you're trying to float this premise, but also, of course, you would lie about this. You're the one who did it. You know, so like there's this conflict within Ida, And as this is happening, Elias gets also stabbed in the back. As he's standing there talking, he's like, hand to my heart, or whatever it is he says. My heart
1: only beats for you. That's what he's.
0: yeah, that's what he says. He, he admits that, no, I really care about you, and you just went cold on me, and I think it's for something that didn't even happen. And he puts his hand over his heart, and he gets stabbed in the back with the knife through his hand, and he's dying, and as he collapses, we see that the person that killed him is Nora, and that this was all part of the plan, and Nora this is when it
1: goes from being murdered by numbers uh-huh. to being high tension.
0: Yes. Except without the weird psychological shenanigans that high tension plays. Yes. Ida and Nora came out here explicitly to kill Elias and Ate. Ate, I guess, is collateral damage because he's just Elias's friend. Yes. Because Elias supposedly ruined Ida's life. And Ida one day said to Nora, they deserve to die. And Nora's like, yeah? (laughs) I think we can make that happen. (laughs) And then they plan this foolproof plan to kill these two boys. And so they drag Elias back to the campsite. They put him in a body bag. They wrap them up. Chain them to a stone. Put them
1: in a body bag.
0: (laughs) Put them in a body bag. (laughs) Um, And then toss them into the lake. So they sink. And they're like, yep, we did it. We're done. The only thing we need to do now is get rid of the car. Because it's the only thing that links us to them. And so they get to the car and realize what?
1: No keys. 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 The keys. The keys. The keys.
0: There are no keys. (laughs) Like, shit, Elias still has the keys, and he's in a body bag at the bottom of the lake. And so they go back, and I guess since Ida is on the swim team...
1: And she's the school champion. Yeah.
0: She's the one that has to go do this. So she dives into the lake, and this is another gorgeous segment where... Underwater, it is just completely black, and you got all the bubbles and everything that are just stark white, and it's this beautiful sort of contrasting visuals. She dives down, and eventually she does. It's a tense moment, she does get the keys. The key! But while this is happening, Nora is on top of this cliff that there that they that overlooks the lake.
1: The movie wants you to wants you to know. No, it's not over.
0: It's not over yet. Looking across the lake, she sees a light again. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they they get the keys, they get in the car, and they're like, okay, we have X number of hours before we have to be back at our homes for breakfast, and then it'll be like nothing ever happened, because nobody knows we went on this trip. So as they're driving, they have a conversation. What's the conversation that they have, Kelsey?
1: I forget how it starts, but Ida finally comes to the realization that her friend is in love with her, and that Nora made up... This whole story about the naked photos and everything because Nora was concerned that she was losing the love of her life, Ida, because Ida started to show great romantic interest in Alias. So she developed this whole story. She got her friend drunk. She didn't do anything to her, but she no. she put she her in a
0: room yeah. and
1: started the rumor.
0: Yeah. So- Which really did hurt Ida legitimately. And Nora feels, like, no guilt about that. She's just like, well, you were going to ruin your life by hooking up with Elias, in my opinion. So this is for your own good.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Ida says, you know what? When we get home, I'm going to tell everybody everything.
0: Why? Why would you do? Why do people say this shit? I don't know. Why would you ever tell someone that you were going to tell on them ahead of time?
1: You got me monologuing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's it like, why, 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 why? Just wait till you get home and you're not still subject to that person's whim. Yeah. Like, wait. But you feel so righteous about it, this <laughs> fury, that you end up. Telling them that you're going to tell on them. And so Nora grabs a wrench and fucking smashes Ida's face with it.
1: Yes. And then she's acting like you deserve that. I hope that brought you back to your senses. But that does not do that to Ida. She attacks her while she is driving. Yeah. And it's very much a little stupid cat fight. But as they're doing this, there's a dude on the road. Uh So...
0: With bright lights...
1: Nora ends up swerving the car and they drive into a ditch.
0: Ida gets passed out and Nora's checking on Ida as this man walks up and knocks on the window, on the side window, and shines his flashlight in. Nora rolls down the window a little bit because this is a man with a tow truck and he's like, "You you girls look like you need some help. Well, I got a tow truck. I can help you out here. The look on Nora's face is fantastic when she's just like staring out the window at this guy. You care to turn your flashlight off, you know, whatever. And she wakes up Ida. And Ida's like, What's going on? And Nora's like, uh, Here's the problem. There's now a man who's seen us with this car. We need to kill him too. Where's your knife? And Ida's like, Where's your knife? Nora's like, I packed my knife. Where's the knife you used to kill Ate? And Ida says, I didn't kill Ate. I thought you killed Ate. Mm-hmm. And they realize that this man is the one who killed Ate. Mm-hmm. There is the Lake Bodom murderer still here at the lake.
1: Which doesn't make any sense. He well, would we be see ancient.
0: Him, we see him as a young man. In the opening sequence, he's sharpening his knife. He's a young man that's like in his late teens or early 20s. I guess. And then but this, this is what? forty something years later. Yeah, it would be fifty-six years later, so he would have to be like 70 or something like that, 70 something. Yeah. But he doesn't do much.
1: <laughs> I suppose. He's
0: also a like a behemoth. Like he's huge.
1: Yes. Very much like Jason.
0: Yeah. Or Michael Myers, even or something like that, you know, where he's just like a considering
1: that we paired this with Friday the 13th. Yeah, I I guess Jason is a
0: better comparison. (laughs) 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 So, uh, you know, I wrote down this whole time I was wondering how Nora got how Nora killed Ate and how that would work with the logistics of Elias looking for her as she went to the bathroom. Like, how she would have circled back around. And I was like, hmm, this is a little sketchy. I don't know how the movie's gonna say this actually happened. Turns out it didn't happen. What a twist. What a twist. It's too late, though. The tow truck driver has already hooked up their car. This is
1: when you jump out of the car, like, immediately. Here's the other problem.
0: Here's the other problem put the car in park.
1: Don't they try that?
0: the car would have already been in park. They would have needed to actively put it into neutral. You got to put it, if it's not in park into gear, right? Like when you're being towed, your car has to be in neutral for those wheels to spin freely. So like put it into gear and he has to drag you. He probably can. It seems like it's a very powerful truck and a very powerful tow hitch, but it would have been a lot slower (laughs) at the very least. And you could have jumped out. Uh, but they try to do that. They open their doors as he is speeding down this dark forest road. He starts swerving to where the car door hits a tree and smashes them in. And so they're like, shit, try to get out the back. And they pop open the back. All their luggage goes spilling out. And just as they're trying to fi- like get the guts to jump out of this car going at this high speed, he swerves them. And the whole car Goes airborne and flips upside down and crashes down. This is the game that he was playing with them. This is the way he sort of maybe wanted to kill them. And if if not, incapacitate them. So they get passed out again. This is Ida's like third time. She got hit with a wrench.
1: She didn't pass out there
0: feel like the screen went black or something like that at that point no
1: it was just for a second when she, she when she hit, hit
0: the when she hit the tree yes when this car flips upside down when she tries to get out so ida's leg is now punctured with something in the car so she can't get away she tells nora, nora, to, nora run, to run but it doesn't matter cuz he has a dog the dude has a dog which is muzzled and then he unmuzzles it and sends it after her basically what he ends up doing is he knocks her out again so she gets knocked out. He drags them all, drives them and drags them back to their camping spot and puts them back in the tent. Basically, he is recreating the murders from 1960. Yes. Except he kills Nora and not Ida. He leaves Ida alive and she is found hysterical. And everyone thinks that she did it. Mm -hmm. Just like everyone thought that that one guy who survived did it. Mm -hmm. In the real thing. He drops her off at her house. She just appears at home.
1: Yeah, it's a little weird. It's a little rushed. And then they show another group of kids going there for the same thing to talk about the murder. And they're talking about how she's just a crazy girl who couldn't accept what she did.
0: Yeah, and so... It seems like this might be a cycle that happens, or has the potential to be a cycle. Obviously, it's not sustainable, but it's an interesting thought. And that's how the movie ends.
1: I like the twists and the turns. Yes. Again, it's nothing we haven't seen before. Sure. But I, it, the twists and turns are fun. It's well shot. It's a fine little movie.
0: I agree. I think again, it's beautiful. It might be a little too clever, like it thinks it's doing something, like you say, that's not new. Mm -hmm. And so eh, I don't know about that, but then it's clever upon clever. So like it twists on its twists, which I appreciated. And they were not totally convoluted. The killer had no reason to leave anybody alive other than to recreate the murders, which I guess is reason enough. I guess I'm realizing right now. But why would he ever bring her back to her home? I wrote down how many times are are they going to pass out and wake back up. Kelsey's going to think this movie is too long now. (laughs) (laughs) Because every time your climax stops and the tension drops out of it. Then you gotta build it back up again and then it drops again and then you gotta build it back up again it it's gonna make you feel like this is going on for far too long like all those movies like AI that just kept going and you're like, okay, where's the AI. end of this movie? Yeah, artificial intelligence everyone thought that movie was way too fucking long. Aww. it went on no I love that movie <laughs> but it went on a lot longer than people were expecting or like Lord of the Rings which has like six different endings. And people are like, oh my God, when is this movie just going to end? It, it, you, you risk that. When you have too many moments where the tension stops, drains out completely, and you're like, oh, I guess this is where the movie ends. Nope, we're back and we got to do that all over again. It does that a few times. But I was interested in seeing what came next every time. So that's the difference, I think. Okay, so Kelsey, what do you think this movie has on Rotten Tomatoes? Nine reviews, no consensus. 54. 89%.
1: Oh, wow.
0: So out of nine reviews, one bad review, eight good reviews. Wow. Do you think that that is overrated or underrated? It's overrated. It is overrated. I don't know that it's overrated by much, but it's definitely overrated. Like I said, it is a pretty movie, and I'm worried that maybe it's distracting, Especially it's a foreign language film, a lot of people get distracted by foreign language because they have no idea if the acting's any good or not (laughs) half the time, because it's not their native language. Yeah, I think it's a little bit overrated. It is a gorgeous movie. It's well-directed, well-shot, but like we say, there's some problems with its construction. But not too many. I would say I I really enjoyed this.
1: I'm going to give it a 70.
0: I was going to go higher than that. I will go 78.
1: It just, like I said, it didn't do anything. Like, I appreciated the effort, but it didn't do anything new.
0: It was just pretty. Yeah, I, I know I keep saying that, but it was. It was pretty.
1: I got that, but I didn't feel it as much as you did. Yeah.
0: I don't know why. I just enjoyed looking at it, you know? And the music was cool, if I remember correctly.
1: I didn't write anything down about the music. I
0: did because the music swells. Everything goes silent for that... Kinetic energy transition shot. Um, everything goes silent and then it picks back up again. And that that's, I seem to remember enjoying the music throughout. It has a little synthy feel, especially when we get this, the flashbacks and they're at that party. And like it has, you know how I love that synthy horror movie music vibe. Mm-hmm. That John Carpenter-esque vibe, but more modern. Like, I like that. I really do. So, like the wrapper of everything was really good. The core premise, I appreciated. The twists on twists on twists was at least interesting. Whether yeah. or not it was good,
1: at least whatever. it, kept it the was It was interesting. Popping. Exactly. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, I'll give it a 78. I liked it. Okay. And that is 2016's Lake Bodum, or just Bodum if you're Finnish, <laughs> which I don't think they say the name of the lake at all in the entire movie. You see it written down several times. And I was like, well, how do they pronounce it uh, in Finnish? And they never said it out loud as far as I remember. So that was interesting. But consensus is that it's pronounced Bodum in Finnish. Bodum. Bodum. That's this week, Kelsey. Murdered campers at a lake. Yes. What are we watching next week?
1: Next week is Stephen King's sequels week. Oh, Yeah. We're watching Children of the Corn to The Final Sacrifice.
0: Yeah. Which, which no. no. <laughs> not even close. And we're probably going to struggle through this one because What's-His-Face isn't in it. He doesn't come back until later. Yeah. So we'll see how this one... I've never seen it before. Nope. But I'm very curious to get further into Children of the Corn. Children of the Corn... I think I talked about it when we watched it the first time, the first movie, like scarred me as a little kid because the only little bit I saw was them killing everyone in the diner. <laughs> and that was terrifying to me as a child. <laughs> terrifying to me. Uh, and so uh, that's the only thing I felt or knew about children of the corn my entire life until you and I saw the whole thing.
1: Wow. Yeah, uh-huh. I love children. I know. Of the so do I.
0: <laughs> so I'm really curious to see where the second one goes. What else are we watching, Kelsey?
1: We're going to watch Doctor Sleep. We're
0: going to watch Doctor Sleep, which, by my recollection, is a little long. But good. But good. Solid. And impressive that it pulls off the trapeze act of connecting both the book and the original Kubrick film. Yes. In a way that you would have never expected they'd be able to do. Did
1: not think they could do it.
0: Uh Uh-huh. It gets did a little fan servicey in the end when they go back to the hotel. We knew it was going but to. But yeah, of course it is. Of course it is. Because it's kind of a love letter to both the movie and the book. And for two things that conflict so much, for the love letter to them, to honor them both so well, I thought it did a fantastic job. I don't think it's a stellar film or anything, but it's impressive nonetheless.
1: And Ewan does a good job. Yeah. And the girl does a good job. Yeah. The Bad Chick does a good job. I I like it yeah. overall. So, mm-hmm. I'm excited to it's see it just, again. It's
0: <laughs> just If you're watching, I don't know, if you've read Doctor Sleep, Kelsey and I have, it feels more like a Stephen King story because it's written the way that The Shining is also written, like they it's it's Stephen King's voice, right? And it's in the same world. But then when you look at the events of the actual movie, the supernatural shit you get From The Shining is, oh, there's restless spirits and mind reading. And then, in this movie, we have a cult of people that suck the souls out of people that have The Shining in order to live forever. And it sounds so far removed from what The Shining was. This intimate little story about ghosts. Now we got this country-spanning adventure running away from a cult like... It feels like a different thing. So I wouldn't be surprised if people are turned off by that. But it's still a, a King story set in the same universe.
1: Yeah. And I think it's I, – I mean, I, I enjoyed the book a, lo- a lot and I was very surprised at how much of the book was in the film. Yeah, well,
0: like I said, it's a long movie. If I remember right, it's like two and a half hours but
1: long. But that's because they were fitting in three – basically two books and a movie. Yeah. Into one movie. Yeah. So it was impressive.
0: Yeah. And they
1: they weaved it so well. None of it felt stilted or jolting. Like they were
0: bending over backwards in order to do this. Yeah. I'm excited to watch it again to see if it holds up as well. If, you know, the first time seeing it being so impressed that they walked that tightrope, am I going to feel less strongly about it now that it's not my first impression anymore? I'm curious about that.
1: My only thing is that it's not scary. And that's sad. But the book wasn't scary. So, you know, it doesn't have...
0: You weren't scared by the living topiaries? Doctor Sleep. (laughs) Oh, oh, got it. Okay.
1: (laughs) Doctor Sleep is not scary. Got it. Okay. I told you. I cannot walk down... Right.
0: that's why I was surprised to hear you say that. But yes, you're talking about Dr. Sleep.
1: I cannot walk down a hallway and see a fucking hose uh-huh. and not be like... <laughs> it's a snake! It is going to come after me. <laughs> I am going to walk by it and it is going to come to life.
0: <laughs> okay, well, that is next week. We're seeing Children of the Corn Part 2, which may or may not be subtitled Final Sacrifice. And... Dr. Sleep. <laughs> Until then, you can always reach us at our website, podcemetery.com. Follow us on Twitter. Remember, Lake Bodum was a foreign language film, so there probably wasn't a lot of clips for this part of the episode. But if you want to see visual clips, uh, I will be sharing those on Twitter, at Cemetery. Subscribe in your podcatcher of choice, rate and review. The best thing you can do for us there is give us a five-star written review. Even better than that is sharing us with your friends, and even better than that is listening in the G.D. first place. Thank you all very, very much. We love each and every one of you. Until next week, I've been Chris.
1: I've been Kelsey. And this has
0: been Pod Cemetery. But before we go, Kelsey, any last words?
1: He said that he wanted me to have this. This he wanted me to warn you. Look upon this omen and go back from whence ye came. I have warned thee. I have warned thee. <laughs> Okay, so I have like a billion cards here because a lot of these are very easy or I'm pretty sure I've asked them to you before so here's what I'm thinking we'll have a fun little blooper round of all the questions and you can be like you've asked me that before or you can be like oh that's too easy okay and you can just keep whichever one you like best How did young Jason Voorhees meet his demise at Camp Crystal Lake?
0: He drowned.
1: That's correct. What are the names of the demon-hunting brothers in the television series Supernatural?
0: Sam and Dean Winchester.
1: That is correct. Who is the actual father in the movie Rosemary's Baby? Satan. (laughs) That is correct. Who wrote the 1981 film An American Werewolf in London?
0: Who wrote it? Did you already ask me this? Harold Ramis? Not Harold Ramis. Um, What's his name? Why can't I think of his name? The director. Yeah, we had this whole conversation about how he directed uh, Twilight Zone and yada, 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 and I can never remember his name.
1: John Landis. John Landis.
0: The I-S ending is what I was thinking of.
1: What is the name of the character killed in the famous shower scene in the movie Psycho?
0: Marion Crane. It's a bird name, get it?
1: (laughs) What Spanish found footage film centers on a reporter and her cameraman trapped in a building whose occupants show animalistic and murderous behavior?
0: That's wreck.
1: Complete this quote. I ate his liver with some...
0: Fava beans and a nice Chianti.
1: What are the names of the two priests
0: that performed the
1: exorcism on Reagan in The Exorcist? I feel
0: like this is another one you asked me and I couldn't get because I, I, their name, okay, so it's Father <laughs> Karras and Father, because Karras we got a lot of in The Exorcist movies we watched. We heard his name a lot. Father heard Karras. heard the other one a lot too. And Father, I can't think of it, what is it? Marin. Marin. No, Marin is the one we heard a lot.
1: Yeah, I was going to say. I thought it was Mary. That's Marin. so
0: funny. Okay.
1: This 2000 film is about two sisters named Ginger and Bridget, who struggle <laughs> with the idea that one of them is a werewolf.
0: Why did they have to give us the names? It gives it away. It's Ginger Snaps. Yes. Shout out to Chickapedia. <laughs> Hello, my... <clears throat> what? you laugh at me?
1: Yeah, I just laugh because four is awesome. <laughs> so good,
0: sixty-nine, 69 dudes. Yeah. <laughs> Donald, have you ever been to Bahia?
1: No, I haven't. <laughs>
0: uh, so good. Chris, I don't mean to be picky or anything, but where's the bed? (laughs) You know, they're like, oh, he's just going to die in the bottom of the ocean now. Nope, it keeps going. Aliens. It has more to say. Aliens. Robots. They're the future robots. No, it's aliens. They're future robots. They
1: are aliens. They are
0: future robots. Oh
1: my God, they are aliens. They
0: worship him as a precursor to them.
1: They don't worship him. They're just like, hey, you're our only window into what humanity was like. Seems like it was pretty fucked. You want us <laughs> to give you a good day? Well, we can do that. Yeah. How could robots bring people back to life? They can't. Aliens can.
0: They don't bring her back to yes, life. Yes, they do. Oh, my God. They use her it's DNA. Been, it's been far too long since And it can only last seen, for one day for their long. abilities. It's been far too long since... Since I've seen AI but the point is He's frozen down there for millennia yes. And robotics advanced sufficiently Enough no yes You're wrong the whole movie is about AI why would there be aliens
1: Because there's aliens watch The end of
0: the fucking movie They look aliens but any technology Sufficiently advanced appears to be Magic that's they the point are aliens
1: <laughs> Oh my god Oh my god It's not an opinion You're wrong Like I'm serious You're wrong It's aliens Watch the
0: movie We'll have to watch the ending of the movie But my point is (laughs) Look at you I haven't seen AI in so fucking long I could be way off base That I'm just going by memory
1: (laughs) They're aliens I watched the movie a lot. I liked Haley Joel Osment. I fucking loved Jude Law. I watched it a lot.
0: What are the creatures at the end of artificial intelligence? Spielberg refers to them as silicon-based super mechas. The future has become a silicon-based society, no longer a carbon-based society. Telling you, they're robots. It's ridiculous. <laughs>
1: They ride around in a fucking spaceship.
0: I'm telling you. They look like aliens. It's a millennia in the future. It's a millennium in the future. Steven Spielberg can get fucked. They are aliens. (laughs) He made them look like aliens. The fact that the robots even builds into the whole point of the fucking movie. Aliens would have no point of the movie. Yeah, I know. It didn't make a lot of sense. So the way that everyone's saying that it is... And that makes more sense to the nature of the movie. You're rejecting because...
1: I'll watch it again.
0: (laughs) I'm wondering just how much of this I put in the outtakes. (laughs) And how much I just delete entirely. (laughs)